Hey there guys, welcome to episode 64. Today we're hacking Tinder. Back in episode 50 with Scott Valdez, we dug into online dating and we took a quick look at Tinder, which is a new app. That was a great episode if you didn't already check it out, so check that out. Unless you have been hiding under a very, very big rock, you know what Tinder is. It has become hugely popular in just two years, and not just in the US, but now also many other countries. Every country I've been to in the last few months, in fact, it's, it's pretty much on fire. As of April 2014, Tinder is rumored to have more than 10 million active daily users. That's active users, so that, that's pretty important. That's people actually using it. That's really big. Why is this? Why is Tinder so popular right now? Well, basically, Tinder has done a reasonable job of making the dating experience better for women. Online dating apps have suffered from too few active women so far. They've pretty much been guy-dominated. And Tinder has managed to fix this and thus made it a lot more popular. How Tinder works is simply that you have to log in with Facebook and you and the girl both have to click like on each other before you can talk. So this means for women, A, she doesn't have 1,000 messages in her inbox from guys she's not interested in. This is a really big issue for the more attractive girls on online dating. A couple of months ago, I somehow managed to get talking to a girl that had gotten hundreds of messages on OkCupid within just a few days. She was completely overwhelmed and was just going to basically turn the thing off and forget it because there was no way she was going to get through that or figure out who was a good guy amongst those. So I was really damn lucky she even read my message at all. That's kind of what you're playing with there. B, security. Online dating can be a little scary for women. Who is this guy? Are there any safety issues with this guy? Is he completely anonymous? So since everyone logs into Tinder with Facebook though, this helps a little bit with this issue. They can get a bit more idea of who you are and that you're not completely anonymous or random. You're probably a real person since you have a Facebook account. So this has meant that women are more active on Tinder versus other platforms. So for guys, this means more opportunities to meet women. The platform has also been positioned more for casual relationships and casual hookups than other platforms for women. The Huffington Post, for example, said in one article, this article was written by a woman, don't use Tinder to fall in love. It is strictly for hookups. There is some truth to this and may make the Tinder a bit more interesting for you if you aren't looking for a serious relationship. But it isn't necessarily a rule. So I talk more about this with our guest in the interview today. I'll also say that from my experience, Tinder is a really fun app and is definitely worth giving a try at least once. It's a different dating experience and tends to make for more fun and adventurous dates in general. Today on the podcast, we have Chris Harder as our guest. He's used Tinder extensively as part of his job as a promoter for clubs in Las Vegas and later for his own use. I reached out to get him on the show when we reviewed his book, Conquer Tinder, which our editor Jackson Hunter gave a rating of 8.3. That's an excellent rating. Now, I try to read everything our editors rate highly to keep on top of everything. And when I looked through this book, there was a lot of cool detail in there, which I knew would be really helpful to guys who aren't making the most of Tinder. So that's why I got Chris on the show. I hope you enjoy it. It's like I said, it's full of practical details. He's obviously got a lot, a lot of experience, far more than any of us are ever likely to get ourselves. So it's really good to hear his tips and what he's learned from that experience. As usual, to get the MP3 download of the show, to get the transcript of the interview and links to everything we talk about on the show, go to datingskillsreview.com slash DSP64. I'm Angel Donovan, and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex, and relationships, to become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned. Chase down every expert, role model, and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information so that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step-by-step, episode-by-episode. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Angel. 
Not at all, not at all. You've got a very interesting little book, which is very practical, and we like that kind of stuff. So I wanted to get you on to talk about the newest thing in online dating, Tinder. Tell us a bit about yourself quickly. Uh, what is your background? What did you do before you got into this dating advice? And how did you get into it? I was never like a super shy person, but in terms of women, I was never very good. Until about age 23, I had zero results in terms of having sex with a girl. And probably the most I'd ever gone on a, on a date with a girl was two dates with the same girl. And then things always kind of fell apart. And I never really knew what I was doing because I'm thinking I'm not a super shy guy. I'm not, I think I'm being funny, but obviously I wasn't in the right ways. And I just really didn't know what I was doing. But I always had this hope. It's because I'm in college right now and I'm focusing on school. That's why. And then for that, I was like, oh, no, I'm just not in good enough shape. But then I start getting in shape. I finish school. I have a job. I have money. And then I'm thinking, how do I still not have results with these women? So that's when I had to take a serious step back. And at the time, I was a consultant for a technology company. So hold on one second, because um, you've brought up uh, an interesting case scenario. You were 23 years old and you were a virgin? Correct. Okay, okay. This is something we haven't really spoken about, but I know it's pretty common out there. What do you think now looking back, what had led to that? Because in one respect, it's supposed to be socially not normal, right? In another respect, I know there's a lot of guys out there that haven't, you know, are still virgins by the age of 23. They haven't had sex with someone. So what would you say your situation was that led to that? Well, there were two things. Since then, I've taken a shift back and really looked at where I went. And then once I really started gaming hard, the results flipped very quickly. In the first three months in game where I was dedicated, I slept with 13 women. And looking back, I'm thinking, how did I go from zero to 13 in such a short amount of time? And it really was just a shift in mindset. I mean, I grew up in a very Catholic family. I grew up with a mom where every time a sex scene came on during a movie, she would fast forward through it. And she'd say, oh, that's not how it happens in the real world. So you hear that enough times and it starts to start to seed into your brain. You're thinking, oh, maybe it is impossible. And then on top of that, I think I was just very embarrassed. At 17, I was embarrassed. I wasn't sleeping with girls. By 18, I'm thinking I should have slept with a girl already. I'm embarrassed by... 19, 20, 21, I'm thinking, shoot, I was in a fraternity. How have I not slept with a girl? Right. So it became became an anxiety that was actually holding you back even more. Oh, completely. And I think that's what a lot of guys experience. And they just really don't know how to get over that hump. Looking back, there were so many guys I could have asked and said, hey, man, you're doing something right that I'm not doing. Could you give me some advice? And that would have probably never even got me thrown into this whole pickup community to begin with. Right, right. So... Did you date any girls up to the age of 23? Do you have a girlfriend or anything? I never had a girlfriend. I tried online dating. I pretty much did everything wrong. I told, I qualified the world out of myself. I, so it, it wasn't through lack of trying. You actually were trying or because some of it sounds like it in a conservative background. So maybe some of it was you weren't even trying. No, 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 no. I was trying a lot. I just didn't know what I was doing at all. So every fraternity party, I was drinking to get over my anxiety. And then I would start the conversation. I said a lot of things that just disqualified me. A lot of things that made me very silly and very dumb and very immature. I would bring a girl back to my room and then I'm back in my room with her. And I'm I'm thinking, now what the hell do I do? I was always looking for IOIs. There's a lot of things I think guys do. The more I talk to new guys and guys getting involved where they're always looking for permission. They're never just going forward and taking that risk and seeing what happens. So there was a lot of, oh, shoot, did she touch her hair three times? Does that mean I can kiss her now? And when I didn't get that feedback, I just didn't know what to do. I was just so used to, I was very good in school. And I think that was almost something that um, I was too used to feedback, too used to getting grades, too used to being told, oh, you're doing this right and this not right, where there's not really that sort of feedback that you get from girls. If you're not doing well, they just really won't say anything. Yeah. And even when you're doing well, sometimes if the girl's at all nervous, often she's not going to be giving you signals, especially when it comes to physical escalation. If the girl's not comfortable in that situation, then she's not going to be ready to give you the signals. So you're both kind of waiting on each other. If you go with this, I got to get permission before I go forward kind of mindset. Completely. And then I think on the other end too, is also the signals I was looking for. I was coming from such a lacking place that I just didn't believe it was even possible for me. I never imagined I would have be good with same night lays. I thought, oh, okay, so I think the path is going to be I'll date a lot of girls and maybe by the third, fourth, fifth date, I'll finally sleep with them. And then I'll have a girlfriend for a very long time. And then I'll get good with dates. And then eventually, maybe, you know, 10 years down the line, 
I'll have my first same night lay if, if I'm lucky. And that's what the path was that I thought when it actually ended up being pretty much the reverse once I got a little bit more involved with things. All right, all right, cool. I wanted to just quickly dig into that because I think it's a very common scenario. Oh, yeah. You've described a lot of the dynamics quite well. So I think that'd be useful for the guys. So how old are you now? So I'm 25. Okay, great. And you live where? I live in LA right now. Currently, you're talking to me in Las Vegas. I do a little bit of um, traveling between Vegas, Los Angeles, and San Francisco mostly. Great, great. And you were telling us what you were up to before you jumped into giving dating advice to people. Sure, sure. I graduated from UC Berkeley with a degree in mechanical engineering. And very shortly after that, while I was an engineer, I had a lot of fun with software. So I became a software consultant and I did that for about a year. So midway through that, I found out about an opportunity to move into a project house in Las Vegas where there's a lead instructor, a whole bunch of students, and I just couldn't pass up the opportunity. So I could work anywhere doing my job. So I thought, okay, cool. I'll work during the day, go out at night. This seems like pretty much the perfect recipe. And it was. So, How long did you do that for? I did the project house for about two, two and a half years. And then since then, myself and the mentor that was teaching me moved out of there and are doing a little bit more of our own thing now. Okay, so this is like a Project Hollywood kind of deal from the game? Very similar setup. In fact, Mystery came through at one point, Matador, Style. We had a lot of different gurus come through to check out the place and things like that too. Okay, cool. So, and the instructor at the place, how was that organized? Was that from a company or was it just someone who had a bit more experience than the other guys? No, it was um, very freelance, but the guy who taught us, his name's Luke Krogh. Before he got involved with this project, he was the primary instructor for POA training. He was working under Adam Lyons for quite some time and um, with Gambler. So what was the deal? You said like, hey, Luke, come and live with us for two years and we'll (laughs) pay you or give you free rent. Or how did that work out? There was a substantial money component in terms of me moving in. I wasn't the one who offered the opportunity to Luke. It was actually my primary wing at the time, Matt. He had been involved in a seven-day program with Luke, where Luke lived with him for seven days, gave him ongoing coaching. So Matt said, hey, listen, I want to do this long-term with you. What do I need to do? And Luke says, if you get a place in Las Vegas, I'll consider doing a residential program there. So Matt just flew to Las Vegas on pure faith, rented a place for about three months. Luke finally moved in, and then... The project house was born. I was the second official student, and then it just grew from there. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I can imagine. That sounds like a great thing. And so for that learning experience, I didn't know you'd done this, but it's interesting to talk about it because like other guys ask about residentials and so on. From that experience, what do you think made the difference for you? What are the kind of the big highlights of it? The big difference is that it's immersive. It's, it's your life. One, you're working with people that are equally as motivated as you. The rent we were paying was not cheap. And in order to be willing to put forth that kind of money month after month in order to get this experience, that's one thing. So there's a lot of skin in the game, which makes you want to work. It makes you want to get better. And then second, when you just have all these motivated people with a very similar goals, you're pretty much guaranteed to improve. The one thing that you do need, though, is an instructor that has a vision, that knows what you need to work on and can tell you the right things at the right time to keep you motivated and keep you going. So... So he was giving, he was going out with you guys as well and giving feedback and just hanging out of the house, talking about things whenever it's kind of like, you know, this happened to me last night. I don't understand this kind of stuff. Correct. It was just ongoing all the time. So anytime I had a text question, it was, I take a screenshot, send it to Luke, take a screenshot, send it to Luke. Eventually I start understanding how texting works. And eventually he's saying, well, before I help you, how would you send the text? And then he would correct me. And that was one way I started learning the correct way to text. And yeah, we had official training nights every Saturday, but the more important part was the informal, just here's a question I got him introducing me to his social circle. All that was what really mattered. So why did you stay? You said you were there for two and a half years. Why two and a half years? It just seemed like that was the the course of the project. Most of the guys around that point started getting a little bit tired of it. Some people wanted to move on. Some people got very serious and wanted to take it to the next level. So what I've seen from different project houses based on, they all seem to have some sort of lifespan. They all seem to last a certain amount of time before people do get a little bit tired. People do think I've been paying a lot for quite some time and it is time for me to move on. For a lot of people... They're not trying to make this their entire life like I was. They're trying to make this um, a supplement. So they learn what they need to, and then they take off. 
Right, that's a good way to do it. But it's basically a project in your life. And that's what I've seen over the years. There's been many forums like Mysteries Lounge and stuff that came up for a while. People tried to keep it going forever, but after about two years, everyone had done what they wanted to do and they moved on to other things in their life and it just wasn't relevant anymore. So these things do come up and then they just die naturally and everyone moves on and they fix that part of life and they move on. So I just wanted to bring that up because some guys might think they're going to be working on this forever. But, you know, for most people, they dedicate a lot of time at it for like a specific amount of time, whether it's a year or two years, whatever. It depends on how good they want to get. And then they move on and they have other goals and other stuff in life. And it's just part of life after that. There's a certain base layer that once you establish that, once you understand that, it's never going to go away. So... Once you have that, you can do other things and you have a lot more confidence. And it's nice to know that I have the ability to go out when I want and get what I want. So it's very powerful. All right. A couple of other things. Have you been in any relationships since then? I've not been in any long-term relationships. Okay. Still to do. Why not? You're not interested or? It doesn't fit my life right now. I have a lot of fun with same night lays. And in terms of just what I have going on with my life, it doesn't make sense for me. I have a few girls that were interested, but I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to make money. I like to travel. It just isn't a good place for me to have a girl that I want to take care of and really spend a lot of time with. How many women would you say you've slept with to date? The number's 84 right now. In two and a half years, it's been a pretty good, two and a half, three years, it's been a pretty good. Um, you've been busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been busy. been busy. Okay, so going forward, have you got any ideas about this area of your life? Is it going to change in the next year, in the next three years? The next three years, maybe for the next year or two, I'm very happy with where I'm at. I want to just keep improving, keeping, there's different ways you can always improve with game in terms of maybe you have the verbal game down, but right now I'm working on a lot more social circle in terms of um, just cleaning up my act a little bit. You can be the, the guy going around and being silly, saying a lot of jokes, but becoming a little bit more professional, being able to operate in, in higher social circles, things like that is where I'm looking to go. So great. Great. That's uh, often a natural evolution too. So you were telling me a little bit earlier that you're working in a club as a promoter and that's when this whole Tinder thing started. Can you give us a quick intro there? The transition for me from being a consultant for a software company to the promoter thing was just, I was going out all the time. First, it was funny. We realized, oh, we're going to make $5 each time we go if we're on the guest list. So we're thinking, okay, well, we're going out anyhow. Let's make five, ten dollars And then after that, I just started talking to girls and getting them to go to the club, helping other promoters. And then I'm thinking, why don't I make this money? And so that was the start. And it turns out I was very good at it. I was very good at going up to lots of girls, inviting them to the club, getting their numbers, and then bringing them out to the club. So then what happens, though, is this Tinder app comes out. Now, what a lot of guys think is they think that promoters have to be good with girls. That's the huge misunderstanding. A lot of promoters become promoters because they're not good with girls and they want to become decent with girls. The um, being a promoter, it's more of a numbers game than a flirting game. While Tinder is more of a flirting game than it is a numbers game, but it's also there's a little bit of flirting, a little bit of tact involved. So as a promoter, I'm going up to maybe 100, 200 girls a day and saying, hey, guys, I work for this nightclub. Do you guys want to check it out? They say yes or no. And we go from there. There's maybe a little bit more tact than that. That's pretty much it. So now here I am on Tinder. I'm messaging all these girls and I'm not getting the results I want. First, I'm confused because I'm not getting the matches I want. And then I figure out what profile pictures work, like I talk about a little bit in my book. And um, from there, I realize, okay, so now I know what profile pictures work. What's the next step? Let's figure out this matching thing, or let's figure out this messaging thing. So then I start messaging, and my messaging goes horribly at first. Girls will just drop off. Girls will say, oh, I know you're a club promoter, all these different issues. But then I finally started hammering it down and started honing it in and getting them to go to the club. And I'm thinking, well, if I can get them to go to the club, I can probably also get them to meet up with me. And then it went from them going to the club to us going on dates. And even um, there's been a few times where instead of them going to the club, they've just come to my place or I've gone to their place. So. Okay, cool. So how long have you been using Tinder now, playing around with it? I thought about that the other day. I started in April of last year. So it's been a little over a year. Okay, great. And how many girls would you say you matched on it? Because you get matched, right? Matched, it's been a ton. It's hundreds, maybe several thousand at this point in terms of matching. I don't use Tinder. I mean, it's off and on over that year and a half because at some point, you know, you lose every match in your area or you've run out of matches in an area. And then also life happens. You want to do other things. So Tinder is a great way for me to pass my time when I've got nothing else to do or I'm sitting on the toilet or something. But I like to go out. I have a lot of fun just gaming and things like that, too. 
Okay, great. How many dates have you been on for Tinder, like with Tinder? How many girls have you actually met up with? Somewhere between 40 to 50, probably somewhere in there. And what are the age range of the girls you've met and the girls you tend to find matched on Tinder? For me, I'm 25, 24, 25 when I was messaging girls. The ages of the girls that I was meeting were the youngest was probably 21. I may have gone out with one 18 year old. And then the oldest was somewhere in her mid 30s. Okay, all right, cool. Is that because of your settings or it's just that's what's available on Tinder? Well, I always message every girl and I always go at least for the number with pretty much every girl I'm on Tinder with, no matter what she looks like, just to keep the, the muscle strong in terms of messaging. But then in terms of the girls I actually am interested in seeing, I do have standards that I'll take a look and think, okay, no, I don't actually want to see this girl. It was fun playing the game and seeing that I can get the number and making sure I got the, the pieces of the puzzle right, but I'm not interested in seeing this one. Right, right. I think when Tinder first started out that it was mostly really young girls, right? Like say under 25s. But like I've seen there's all age range now. Like I am where I've been in, I was in San Diego a little while ago and it was all over. So is that something you've seen? Like there's, there's pretty much a very broad age range now on Tinder? Oh, it's definitely broadened significantly. And that's got its pros and cons. The cool thing is there's a lot more girls on it. The opposite side is the young girls are a lot of fun because they're just ready to go out and things. Whereas some of these older ones, there's a little bit more messaging that needs to happen, a little bit more tact, a little bit more comfort that needs to be built. And a lot of them are using this app more as an entertainment app now than as a necessarily a straight hookup app, which also makes the game just a little bit more fun, a little bit more um, tactful with how you have to be about it. Yeah. So the whole thing about Tinder is it's been advertised as a casual a casual dating that women are okay with. That's kind of why it's supposed to be the thing behind its success and everything. Is that what fits with all of the people you met? Is that what all of the girls are expecting? It's a casual thing or have you had other situations? There are some girls now. And I think that's part of the, the ones that are older that think it's going to be more than just the casual dating app. But for the most part, people know what's up. They know it is just a fun thing to do. And it's an app that just connects with your Facebook and makes it all so simple for girls to sign up. You just click enter and agree to letting um, Facebook sync up with Tinder and now they're on. So it's very simple, very straightforward. And I think most people know that. I have dealt with girls that are saying, oh, you know, how serious are you going to be about this? I want you to know I'm not looking for a hookup. I want a relationship. And I'm thinking that's not what this app is. Well, if you, like I've seen a lot lately, there's a lot of girls on there. They actually explicitly say in their profiles that they're not looking for hookups and all of that. What do you think of that? That's the same thing as a girl saying, you know, I don't do this all the time. I'm not that kind of girl. I don't have sex on the first date. It's just the girl making herself not out to be a slut. I've seen the other side of things. I've seen the girl's profiles of, um, or I've been on a girl's profile and seen how many guys message her. She kind of has to say that because there are so many guys that are just so straightforward, like, hey, you should come over to my hotel room. Let's have sex. Just very crass. For any guys that are thinking, oh, I don't want her to think of me as that way. You're probably not that guy. It's for the guy that's literally, hey, I want to send you a dick pic, you know, give me your number, things like that. Yeah, that's a good point. It's pretty much a defense mechanism. It's like, right. I don't want to get all this attention, this kind of attention. When I was reading through your book, I noticed that like, just before we get into the Tinder stuff, that you did something which is pretty good uh, when you approach this whole thing is that you looked at the context of the girls and the situation, how they're using Tinder, why they're using it. And this is really something very important to do in the whole of like dating sex relationships is like really to understand where she's coming from. And it's an important skill set to develop. And I thought it was great that in your book, it really comes out that you tackled the whole thing from this context. Could you talk a little bit about, did that come naturally to you? And do you use that in other situations with women? Or is it something specifically you learned just with Tinder? You've talked a lot about in your book about how the context is that girls are just on it for entertainment and fun. You talk a little bit about the texting language and, and why that works. There's a whole bunch of stuff which is extremely contextual because if you meet the girl in another situation, say on an online dating site like chemistry.com or like which is a lot more serious, or if you meet her in a club or in a street or something, it's not, it's not the same way you're going to be talking to her or even if you're texting to her and you've met her somewhere else before. So you kind of laid the land and you set up this context for the interaction on Tinder, which is why your advice in the book before it is really good because it is very specific and it's very practical because it's so it fits so well with the actual context of the girl at the time. 
I don't do any serious, serious dating where it, we're doing chemistry.com or something where we're, I'm trying to do anything super long term. In terms of my life and what I'm doing, same night lays, um, maybe a couple dates here and there, and then we go back to my place. The texting that I use in Tinder, I use off of Tinder in a similar way, not quite exactly the same. I'll do a few, maybe less um, typos in terms of I talk about girl talk where maybe instead of nice, I say nice by putting in um, two eyes instead of one. I'll do a little less of that based on the girl that I'm talking to in, in normal life. But for the most part, this is the way I text because what I realize is anytime I try to categorize things too much in terms of like, oh no, this is this type of girl, this is that type of girl, I can't send the girl this message because of the way I met her, it screws things up for me. Unless I met a girl and, num- and got her number under a completely different circumstance in terms of I got her number for a business relationship or something different than purely romance, purely us being light and playful with each other, I'm going to be light and playful for the majority of my texting. If she does send me something serious, obviously, and it's not off Tinder, if she's if her mother died and she let me know about that, obviously I'm not going to be light and playful. I'm going to calibrate. But for the most part, when I'm number closing girls and meeting them, my goal is to keep things very light and playful until we meet up in person and then go from there. This I've also used on OkCupid with a lot of results. I've helped a lot of wings meet up with girls and dates in that sense too. Um, It works on most not so serious apps or not so serious dating sites. And I would argue it still does work on some of the more serious ones. Definitely not as, I'm not going to get into a long exchange though with a female. So if she's sending a long, uh, like let's say we're on match.com and she's sending you know, hey, here's all my criteria. Here's my life story. Here's my baggage. Do you fit what I've got? I'm not going to respond to that. That's just too much in terms of uh, the baggage. She wouldn't be a good fit for me right now. And certainly my text game wouldn't be a good fit for her. In terms of the language, though, I believe every woman is light and playful and wants to have that banter and that exchange. So I think it is always applicable. Right. It'll like even if you get an older, more professional woman, say she's in her forties and she's got a serious corporate job, I think guys are surprised that they can text in a very fun and light way and, you know, immediately change change her demeanor and she'll respond to that really well. So when it comes to Tinder, getting more into the, the details of this, how's it different to other standard online dating? Okay, Cupid, match.com, we spoke about chemistry and, and stuff, which are the more serious sites. How do you look at it? Where do you see it differs or really do you think it's like pretty much the same as OkCupid? What, what's different for you about it? Oh, it's definitely not. The biggest difference is that it's an app and it's only an app and girls go on it. Guys go on it. Either they're horny or they're bored. Girls go on it specifically because they're either bored or just looking to have fun. There are a small amount of girls that are there strictly to hook up, but that's certainly not the majority. Most of these girls are thinking, well, I don't want to play Angry Birds. I don't want to play whatever other apps are out there right now. So I'll go on Tinder. For a girl, it's a relationship app where it's really interactive because she gets to message all these different guys. She gets to fantasize about which guy she wants to be with, which guy she wants to go on a date with. It's really a perfect app for a girl. So Tinder is, sets itself apart because it is just the app and because of that addictive nature. And also people don't see all the times they get rejected because Tinder only lets you message if you already like each other. So It doesn't hurt people as much. It doesn't sting so much if a guy doesn't match up with them. And that's why I think Tinder is a lot better for most people than Plenty of Fish or any of these other more casual dating sites. Right, right. And even though like Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, they're sort of positioned as the more casual places, a lot of people on there still are relatively, they're not really serious, but they're still a bit serious. You brought up an important point on Tinder. I think there's a lot of curious people. There's, There's people trying it out. There's people just playing around with it for entertainment, passing some time. So in a sense, it's a lot less like online dating and it's just kind of this entertainment slash online dating app. So it's a bit more light. Right. I joke in my book a little bit about Tinder having an identity crisis because I don't think people actually know what it is because of the way they've structured it. They're saying it's kind of a dating app. It's kind of casual. You watch how girls use it. And I've been at parties where I'm watching girls swiping through Tinder and then they have a guy saying, hey, let's meet up. And these girls are thinking, why would I meet up with him? I I met him on Tinder. I'm not going to meet up with this guy. I don't know him. (laughs) You know, here I'm thinking, why are you on this app? 
and everyone's got their own reason. So yeah. it's just funny, but it's kind of like hot or not. You remember that site? I think it's still right. around. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what they're doing. They're just kind of swiping left and right, like, don't like. It's this, this the entertainment aspect of it. So I, you're right. I think there's a whole bunch of girls, maybe guys, I'm probably less guys, who are just kind of like, this is a bit of entertainment. Uh, not too serious about it. Right. Okay. What kind of response rates do you get from a first message? If you send a, like, you get a match and then you send a first message, what should you be expecting in terms of a response back for that? Using the strategies I talk about, I think you're going to get between... 10 to 15% response rate back. That might be a little bit low. Let's say 15 to 20% response rate back. If you're sending, I list a few different messages that I send in the book. There's plenty others that I send. I've had higher response rates that have more drop off afterwards, but these are the ones that once I get that first response, then they have about a 30 to 50% chance of converting into an actual date. So that initial message is always going to be a little bit difficult. I mean, you never know, is the girl, did the girl just, is this a one-off that she's using the app? Did she meet a guy? Did she get busy? Did she lose you in the queue of guys she has? So that first message is a little bit difficult to get through. After she responds to the first one, that's where the game starts really going. So I always want the guys to have a good first message. Copy my message. I really don't care. Just get that first message through have a respond, and that's when you can really start playing the game. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. The iTunes rank of the show is critical for getting the best guests onto the show. Ranking is largely determined by subscriber count, so more subscribers means better guests. Also, if you've already subscribed, then please leave a rating and review. This also helps increase the iTunes rank. Help me make this podcast the best resource possible for you. To subscribe or rate with one click, go to datingskillsreview.com slash iTunes. All right, so let's look into the practical details of it. What's the first thing to get started? You know, the guy's just downloaded the app. What's going to be the most important thing he needs to do to get started? First thing that matters is their profile picture. Well, first thing that they need to understand is the light, playful idea of Tinder, and they need to have fun with it. The way I got good with Tinder, aside from everything else, was I was on it a lot. And when I wasn't getting results, I thought, well, how ridiculous can I get? And then I started getting some more results. And then I thought, well, how much more ridiculous? And then I started tailoring it back until I figured out what worked. So first, they need to know it's fun. And a lot of guys, when you look at their pictures that they have on Tinder, you're thinking, dude, what are you doing? They'll have pictures that just completely disqualify them right from the start in terms of, I mean, you've been in the dating community for a while. So, you know, just basic attraction ways you should hold yourself in terms of attraction with having a clean look to you. If you have um, facial hair, at least make it look like you're maintaining it. Have good camera angles. Don't make yourself have a double chin. But in terms of these first pictures, I want you to be telling a story about you rather than just, here's a picture of me in a camera. Here's a picture of me of a professional picture of me with airbrushing as a headshot that I did for an acting thing. Like I want, instead of that, what girls want on this app is more of a candid they want candid pictures. They want fun pictures. They want to see different experiences you're having and then see if that makes sense for them in their life. And the way you can arbitrage it so that it works or so that most girls will enjoy, want to be with you is by just having a lot of pictures with a lot, telling a lot of different stories. So if one story doesn't hit her, the next one does. So the first picture that I say, I send says, that I tell guys to say, to put up is fun. It has to be very fun, light, should be some sort of action shot where they're saying, okay, this is, um, this is a guy that's going to be enjoyable to hang out with and not just another one of these kind of drab guys that even if he brings me out on a date, I'm not going to have fun. Yeah. Have you seen, there was one guy who did an experiment. Basically he doctored, he, he photoshopped a photo to add some text to it and he put different messages in the photos. Have you, did you see that or, or try that out? I didn't see it. I haven't actually tried that out. I've played with the tagline, which I think guys overestimate how valuable that tagline is. And they certainly overestimate it if they're putting a lot of details about themselves. That tagline, again, should just be an extension of, of being light and playful. For a while, I didn't even realize the tagline existed and I was doing fine with matches. And then I saw that tagline and I thought, oh, I'll put something in here. And then I put the wrong thing in and I, all of a sudden I'm starting to make less and less matches. And I thought, screw this, let me be silly again. So then I put a tagline in that worked really well for me. It was, I said, my mom called me cool at least twice today, dot, 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 just saying. And that was my tagline. So now I look a little dorky. I look like I'm bragging about my mom calling me cool. 
obviously from a, a pure pickup perspective, guys are thinking, wait, why would you say that? You're making yourself look like a loser. Well, yeah, but you're being playful and the girls get that. And that as long as the rest of your profile is consistent and then they're thinking, okay, this is a fun guy that I might enjoy hanging out with. So this is what I was talking a little bit about when I was talking about context. We're talking about Tinder as being pretty much an entertainment, a fun kind of thing, right? You're talking about having a fun picture as your your, right. your profile picture because they're kind of in that mood. They're not in a like serious mood. Then They didn't have to step onto the site. They just press a button when they're sitting on the toilet um, to switch on their Tinder. So it's just a messing around and have a bit of fun. And then right. in your tagline, it's the same thing. And on Tinder, basically, it's the picture. I can't even remember if you, you can see the tagline without actually pressing on someone for, for more information. You have to press on the profile, yeah. Right, so the tagline is, nearly kind of irrelevant and i think you made a good point in your book about saying you said to guys who are just starting out just don't even put a tagline right but that's a solid piece of advice because it really doesn't matter on this app where most people are just swiping pictures because they like what they see it makes them laugh exactly okay so we did talk about photos a bit in with a previous episode so i don't want to dig so much into that uh some of the more unique things another thing you said is that there is no playing it cool on tinder what I mean by playing it cool is, first off, there's some guys that are going to wait for the girl to message them. I've heard guys say that. I've talked to them, and I'm thinking, well, that's a quick path to nowhere. Because if you look at the number of responses a girl's getting versus a guy, it's completely different. There's no way you can just wait and hope she's going to message you first. That's rarely going to be the case. In terms of also playing it cool, it's, there's a lot of text advice thrown out there and a lot of messaging advice thrown out there within the community. And, you know, people say, oh, you're, you should wait this amount of time before messaging. You should wait a day, you should wait a couple hours, whatever it is. With Tinder, you don't have that amount of time. You don't have that luxury just because of how quick the app is. So when I say no playing it cool, I mean, rather than being like, oh, you know, I don't want her to think I'm needy or, or trying too hard. No, you're fine. Just message and get this message flow going as quickly as possible. Get her phone number, get her off Tinder, get her on a date. And that's pretty much my strategy. I mean, all this being said, this is coming from the perspective that your strategy while using Tinder is to get the girl on a date. Well, it's kind of funny because I was looking at Huffington Post. They'd written up some rules for Tinder and they were like, wait, you know, because that it's not cool to message straight away. Kind of exactly the opposite advice, kind of what you'd express, expect from the mainstream. So uh, the other thing I think you brought up before uh, or in your book is that like a lot of girls are like use Tinder for like a day and then they'll be off it. They don't like it or whatever. I've, I've certainly had that happen to me uh, a few times where they'll message me and I'll say, hey, I'm leaving Tinder. Here's my WhatsApp or whatever. Because and you're just lucky that you spoke to me. If you wait a day, then she'd be gone even before you even spoke to her. So I think you make an excellent point. Like Tinder is not for playing any cool, like laid back game. It's just for getting getting to business kind of thing. What I want guys to try doing this is going to add a lot of spam to Tinder is create a hot girl profile on Tinder and just have it sit there for 24 hours. Now, if you open that profile after 24 hours, every single time you swipe right, Tinder's going to say, Hey, you guys are a match. Cause what Tinder does is it stacks all the matches at the top of the heap, which is cool because that helps you um, get in quicker contact with people. But for a hot girl, if she's trying to sort through guys, if every single time she gets a match, which a hot girl is going to get a lot, she gets notified with that. It gets very annoying after a while where you can't just swipe through and play the game. You have to always swipe and then say, no, I'll message him later. Swipe, no, I'll message him later. It just gets very kind of cumbersome and annoying. So I don't blame them for not wanting to be on there that long. And again, that's why I say send her a message very quickly and definitely don't be that guy that doesn't send her a message at all and wants her to make the first move. Right, right, totally. So what are, when, you, when you get down to talking, right? Say you say in your first message, and what, what's your main objective with the first message? Is there anything special you do with that? My main objective is to, again, establish that frame, light, playful, and then get a response. That's all any message should be aimed at with that first message. Just get her wanting to respond to you. And then from there, move the whole message stream forward. Okay. So how many messages would you say you send in total before you stop using Tinder and you go to date or you go to phone or whatever? Oh, you're talking about per girl or are you talking about how many messages have I sent overall? Well, again, in a, com no, okay. in a conversation, typically you're going to send like 50 messages or... No, no, no. Typically the message thread to get her number is going to be on your end is going to be under 10 messages. And then once you get her number, the messaging to establish the date is going to be only another three or four over text. And then after that, if the date happens to be a few days later, 
you'll have to do a ping text to just remind her who you are. Remember that, remind her that you're a fun person and you're going to do that about three to six of those over the course of the day before and then the day of the date. Right, right. So it's all very quick and very straightforward, but you get straight down to like, let's meet up. Right. It all goes back to that concept of it being too easy to lose her on Tinder. So again, that's why I like the number as soon as possible. It's just too easy to lose her if you try to do a long flirting thing or you try to get too sexual, too many innuendos. All she has to do is misinterpret one thing. And then she thinks, okay, I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. Who's the next guy in the queue? So that's why I'm very straightforward. And most of my messaging, if someone looks at my messaging, they're going to think, well, he pretty much messages the girls very similarly each time. And that's because it works. And that's kind of what I'm about. So, And look, as we were talking about earlier, most girls are on this for more casual style dating than anything serious. So they're not into like long, drawn out messaging, which you might see on some of the other platforms. Maybe like Match.com is a little bit more serious. And girls want to know more about you and typically want to talk to you on the phone. But with Tinder, I guess that's not something that comes up. Today. It's happened to me a couple of times. It's like they said, hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you on the phone before we meet up. Has that happened to you a few times before? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'll actually say it. And then usually you'll get it if they're not saying it based on the way that they're texting. And that's always, that's again, why I love having a a phone number is that I can do the quick phone call to build the comfort up enough for them to want to go on a date with me. I have one girl that after she agrees to the date, she asked for my Facebook. And again, my whole Facebook profile is tailored to pick up. So it's tailored to not to pick up in terms of I post all kinds of pick up comments and things. It's tailored to attracting females and showing them a well-rounded personality. So they're interested in meeting me. And then similarly, if they do want to do a phone call, usually it's because I'll say something like, what's your schedule like? And there's just a little hesitance. They'll say, um, not sure yet. Or I'll say, cool, do you want to grab a drink? And then they'll say, hum, you know, I don't know. Or hum, yeah, I'll have to see how my day's going. So right when I get that, immediately I text them or immediately I give them a phone call. And it's a couple minutes of being very light, very playful, as I always am. And then after that, it's okay. So when are you free? we should get a drink. And then she's, by then she gets on board because she's like, okay, I've seen this guy's, you know, messages. I've heard his voice. He seems reasonable. And now I'll go on a date with him. Right. So the the important thing you're doing there is like, you're interpreting something as like some guys might say it's kind of rejection, but you're just looking at it. It's just like, oh, she's still uncomfortable. She's not comfortable uh, with the situation yet. Right. Yet is a big word. So you correct, like say, oh, what's going to help with the situation is if she like talks to me on the phone for a couple of minutes she'll settle down and then it goes forward from there. So typically in that situation, is is it nearly always okay from that point? Oh yeah. If I get her on the phone, I'm going to go on a date with her. That's not a problem. In terms of the yet, I mean, that's what guys I think need to always remember with in pickup in general is the yet. That's why you're in pickup. You're in there to attract her. You're in there to build comfort. Don't be offended if she's not interested in you yet. She doesn't know you yet. So that is the yet factor. And if I do get on the phone with her, I screwed up a a decent number of times before I really started understanding things. At first, I screwed up by, I think she could tell that I was a little annoyed that she didn't trust me. Then it came across in the way I was speaking. I was being a little bit more curt. I was kind of shocked, like, why isn't she comfortable with me? I'm a good guy. How does she not know I'm a good guy? But I mean, how would she know I'm a good guy? She doesn't know anything about me, really. So that's the whole point of the conversation is just very quick, very much that she gets a feel of who you are. Girls are very feeling based. Then she's willing to go to a public location minimum in order to meet you. Some girls will be willing to go further. And I've had those phone calls, which are very interesting to convince her that it's a good idea for me to go over to her place. Usually it's her place rather than my place when I haven't met her yet. Those are a lot. Those are a little bit more in depth. But yeah, it's always the yet factor that needs to be established. Sure. Okay. So the, like pretty much your strategy is like, basically she's going to reply and then you're going to exchange really like three or four messages playfully light. Right. And then you're going to suggest some kind of date, some activity, something to do together. Right. I'm going to use some calibration to see how she's reacting. And if she's giving me resistance when I ask what's her schedule like, or do you want to grab drinks this week? Or let's grab drinks. If she's giving me any resistance and I'm on Tinder, I think, okay, cool. I need to go back to playing the game. Let's say another LOL with some sort of light, playful tease, joke, line, and then we'll dive back into that activity platform in a different way. I'm never going to go down the same pathway twice either. So if I ask her for drinks and she says no, I'll ask her if she wants to go hang out somewhere, but I'm never going to say drinks again. Even if we're going to go get drinks, 
then I'll say, let's meet up at the bar. I'm not going to say the exact same message because I've already got a negative feedback to that message. And she already, and if she receives that message again, she's going to think, I already told this guy I know about. Wait, like, was I about to go on a date with this guy? I'm, I must be crazy. He's just too persistent about this drink thing. And the other thing is like, then she, maybe she's nervous. Like, is he just trying to get me drunk? Is that his deal? Where that's not your deal. You just want to get her in a social situation. And most people enjoy going out to have a drink with somebody that they're just meeting. So there's a lot of that, just trying to figure out where she's coming from and calibrating. But yeah, it's very straightforward for the most part. It's let's have a few quick texts back and forth. Let's have me suggest meeting up. And then I'm going to say, hey, I'm not on Tinder that much. What's your number? And then I get her number and then I text her immediately. And then we go from there. Yeah. So you said something about like, I think this is a pretty important too. apart from the fact that she might disappear from Tinder turn in or lose Tinder or whatever, or whatever reason is there for getting her phone number? There's that reason. There's other ones that I've played with. That one just hits so well pretty much every time. And it also does a lot in terms of building comfort with her because she thinks, oh, this guy's not on Tinder. He's not a player. And that has actually helped me a lot in dates too, because a lot of girls will ask the guy when they first meet him, how often are you on Tinder? Are you on there all the time? Do you do this all the time? So by saying that message, it's very disarming. Other things I've used, I've said, hey, Tinder gets annoying. That's okay, but it also shows that I get annoyed and I get a little reactive. So I've used it and I've gotten numbers from it. I just don't like it as much, but it is an effective one. And then another one that I like to use is I'll say, hey, Tinder keeps crashing. That's a great one because Tinder does crash a lot. They've done some updates and it's a little bit better, but it still crashes all the time. So blaming Tinder for the reason you need her number is great because you're not the creepy guy. You just want to keep a conversation going. And Tinder's obviously not doing a good enough job with making that happen. Yeah. You said a good point about her asking you if you're on Tinder a lot, if you're meeting up her with a lot of girls, because I think there's still some stigma to Tinder. I've heard girls, they don't want to tell other girls that they're going on a Tinder date. It's not for all girls, but there are some girls who are like still sensitive about it. It's like Tinder, like kind of hooky appy kind of thing. Uh, so one of the points you made in the book, which I thought was uh, good, is like get a number because that takes a relationship off Tinder and it starts disassociating the whole thing with Tinder and it's more of a, we're talking normally on WhatsApp or on the phone or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's funny seeing the different ranges of what girls are comfortable with. One girl's comfortable with me going over to her house immediately. Another girl, it doesn't even want to have drinks, but she'll have dessert with me because that's what she's comfortable with. So again, it's all about figuring out their comfort range. But yes, some girls do feel it's a little taboo still. It's less and less. And certainly the younger ones are less taboo than the older ones. But it's always calibrating to where they're at. So if you go on the date and they're making a big deal about it, oh, I'm not on Tinder too much, then what I'll usually say is something very similar. I'll say, yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of funny, right? Yeah, I don't really do this all the time either, which is actually true. I spend a lot more time going out in other ways than I do on Tinder dates, more just because for me, I enjoy the whole hunt and going out and things like that, though Tinder is a fun side game for me. Cool, cool. So... Give us a rundown of some of the more different Tinder dates you've had, because you've had quite a few. What's been the strangest Tinder date you've had, or have you had one? Strangest, funny, weird, whatever. Okay, the weirdest, oddest one by far, and this is kind of funny because I used to have guys say, oh, you're messaging the same one to every girl, like every, the same starting message. I Pretty much what I do to test messages is I need a test on a, a wide demographic of girls. So I'll test the exact same message over and over and over on girl after girl after girl. And it helps to not look at their profiles. It helps to not prejudge in any way. Just send the message, see how many responses you get and see if that's a message you want to keep or if that's a message you want to get rid of. So for a while though, I was messaging every girl, hey, rock star. And in one specific case, I messaged two girls that they happen to be sisters. <laughs> so I get the first sister's number. And uh, then the second one is messaging me. I didn't know that they were sisters at the time. I've got so many girls I'm messaging. I'm really not keeping track of which one's which but they don't even display last names on Tinder. So it'd be very difficult for me to know. So I, I see something about wanting to grab a drink. And she says, oh, I don't know, you know, seeing as you're going to go on a date with my sister. And then I message back immediately. Most guys, I think, would freak out at that point and say something silly with, or try to like qualify, say, oh, no, but I like you more. or No, I would never do that or something like that's not what a girl needs to hear. They just want, again, keeping it light and playful, just silly. So what I said instead was something about, LOL, you know, you should come too. Or I said something to that degree. I can't remember the exact message. And I wish I had the thread still. Um, I delete my Tinder account often so I can re-message a lot of girls. 
And every time you delete your account, it deletes all your old matches and things like that. So that gives me the freedom to get a completely new slate where I get to try out new profile pics, new messages to really optimize my Tinder experience. So anyhow, I got rid of that message thread, but that one was great. So I end up actually going on a date with both of them. And that was very, very interesting. At the same time? At the same time. That is interesting. <laughs> so um, it was just confusing because I was a year and a half in a game at that point. And I had a threesome before, but I've never had a threesome with sisters. So I was very confused. And the whole thing kind of blew up in my face because I didn't know how to balance everything the right way. <laughs> but um, it, was a, it was a very interesting experience. I'm glad I had it. Yeah, it was the most interesting experience I've had on Tinder. That sounds like a pretty unique experience. Yeah, it was fun. Right. Definitely fun. So how about the worst one? Have you had a bad experience on Tinder? I haven't had any horrible experiences. I mean, I set them up pretty well where they're going to be at a bar. I've definitely had a girl or two that didn't look the way that she took very good pictures of herself, I guess. And um, she didn't look the way that she wanted to look. So those are very interesting dates because I don't know how to end them. I don't want to be a dick and say, hey, listen, you're not attractive. I can't do, do this. So I did spend the date with her and I got to know her. She was a nice girl. Obviously not a girl that I'm going to keep seeing. That's pretty much the worst date I've had on Tinder. They're all pretty good and fun because of the way they're set up. I think Tinder has got this potential for more adventure at the moment. I don't know how the way you feel about it, but because uh, it is like there's more entertainment, it's more edgy. I guess the attitude towards it is kind of more open. I had one girl, she flew to from the city she was in. Because Tinder maps you, I don't know how this miles thing works, but sometimes it doesn't seem to work properly. So I've had girls on there which definitely are further away than it says they are. So matching up with someone in the city, she found out and she decided to fly over for the weekend and she booked a hotel and everything. I think you get this was a bit more of an adventure as well to the whole, the whole thing than the traditional online dating I've seen. That's not the only interesting story I had from Tinder. So what about you? What do you think? I think the girls are just a bit more open and adventurous on it. Oh, they eat it up. There's a lot that I'm playing with right now with role-playing. As soon as I have that done, I'll put it in my book and just send it out to anyone who's already bought it. I'll you know, send them a new version of it. But uh, I've been playing a lot with new messages in terms of um, setting it up like more of a special agent sort of thing where I'm the special agent giving her instructions. And, and they have a blast with that because it's something different. It's fun. I've given girls tasks that they have to do. And they've had to send me a mustache, a finger mustache of themselves. And then I'm like, okay, are you ready for task number two? So there's different roles that you can play. A lot of it ends up meaning that you need to get the phone number so you can have them send pictures or you can have them give you a call for the next instructions. But again, then it culminates and you go on a date with her. Um, that's one of the things that I'm playing with a lot. But role-playing girls love. I had one of my students, he was messaging a girl on Tinder. She was being receptive, but not as receptive as I wanted her to be for his sake. And so he had already gotten her number, but she was showing discomfort in terms of not being willing to officially set up a date, though she agreed to meet up. She happened to be watching Netflix and specifically CSI. So I had him send, well, are you a good crime solver? And she said, yeah, I'm a very good crime solver. He says, well, I need you to help me solve this crime. And then she says, okay, I'm ready. So then I had him give her a call. And then basically the crime was that he's got someone that's breaking the law by watching Netflix rather than going on a fun, wild date with him. And then she laughed and thought it was funny. She got to experience more of his personality. And then that got him the date. So. Girls want to have fun. I guess I'll tell you one more story. This was a really interesting one. I like to kind of throw a lot of stuff at the wall and see what happens. So me and a wing were planning on going out. So before we went out, I was also happened to be playing on Tinder. I didn't know I was going to go out that night, but he hits me up. So I say, okay, cool. Let's go out instead. So I have the girl meet me up, meet up with me at the place. And then we go out. And now I've got a girl that I can either do something with or she's pre-selection for other girls. So she ended up kind of doing both because what happened was he and I pulled two girls and then my girl back to the place. So now he's with a girl. I'm with two girls. And then I had to like do a lot of juggling. What ended up happening was the girl that I pulled from the bar, she just got a little too drunk and fell asleep on the couch. But now I had this other Tinder girl who I was continuing to play along with and continuing to maintain her interest in me, though she was definitely annoyed that I was with another girl. And uh, then I ended up sleeping with her. So it was a fun way of um, covering your losses or something like that. Right, right. Hedging. Hedging. Hedging your um, wins or whatever it is. But um, It's like an option. Yeah, it was fun. I was flying pretty close to the sun there. I could have, the whole thing could have blown up. But um, it worked and it was a lot of fun because I always like to throw a little bit of drama in there if possible. So 
You had a couple of nice things in your book about grammar, quite a bit, actually. It's, it's like you kind of codified the language and put in formulas there, which I thought was great for guys who are just getting started. And they always have difficulty, like, formulating a message when the advice is a little bit more abstract and doesn't tell you exactly what to say. Could you give us one of your favorite grammatical rules and how you use it? Sure. The things that are the most important. First off, LOL, you can almost not use enough. I don't think enough guys appreciate how valuable LOL is. Um, it sets everything up. It's just letting her know what kind of person you are. I think when guys get LOLs from other guys, they think, oh, that's kind of silly. That's dumb. Why would a guy send that? From a girl perspective, they think it's fun. They like it. Another thing that I do in every message is I do a space and then a question mark. I either do a dot, dot, dot or a space and then a question mark in order to let her know, hey, it's your turn to respond. The space and then the question mark, that just happened by um, my mentor, Luke Krogh. He was dating a girl at the time that showed him that every time she messages somebody with a space and a question mark, they respond at a higher rate than if there's no space. So I don't really know what the reason is for that, but that always prompts the, a response more often. And then on top of that, even with um, commands, so even if I'm saying like, let's grab a drink, I'm going to put a space and then a question mark after. Because the problem is girls don't necessarily know it's their turn to respond because they, they see a statement, but not saying, hey, um, are you okay with that? So even though some people are like, well, you didn't ask a question, I still do the question mark to let her know, hey, I am asking you a question, even if it's a statement that I let it with. All right. To kind of tell her you want a response. Exactly. It's the prompt response. So I like using LOL. I like the question mark. I like always prompting them with a response. And then I think if guys were to look at the way those spellings that I do, I just started spelling the way I was talking. And the way I was talking was very fun, light, and playful. And so she says, oh, I just got back from work, or I'm at work right now. So a normal guy wouldn't really know what to respond. Well, I don't know what a normal guy would, would think anymore. But a lot of guys would probably think, I know what I would used to think would be, um, oh, she's at work, I don't want to bother her. Or what if I ask her about work? She's probably not going to be too excited about that. So instead, what I say is, that's exciting. And I'll put in T-H-A-A-T apostrophe S, E-X-C-I-I-T-I-N-G, dot, dot, dot. And then I'll ask, what are you doing later? What are your plans later? What would you rather be doing? Some follow-up question that's not work necessarily related. But um, talking the way you're thinking and then thinking in a fun way is what really started helping me get more results. Because you don't always want to say, that's exciting. That's not what you want her to think. And that's when you spell that's exciting. That's how she could read it. That's exciting rather than that's exciting. Cause now that's like a little more playful. It's a little sarcastic and that's how I want her to read it. So I started spelling the way I was thinking and that helped a lot. Yeah, that works nicely. Put your vocal tonality, kind of express it in the messages. Right. I mean, it's very difficult when you're sending messages it's difficult to always make sure there's not going to be a misinterpretation or a reinterpretation. So I try to minimize that by playing with some of those rules. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I thought that was a, another interesting thing. Okay, rounding off, uh, there's a couple of questions I always ask everyone. First one is, who not including yourself would you recommend for really good, high-quality advice in this area of your life, dating, sex, relationships? Sure. Obviously, my mentor, Luke Krogh, he's L-U-K-E space K-R-O-G-H. I've seen a lot of guys, I've had the whole immersion program. We've had uh, enough instructors come through where without a doubt, he's got the most game of anyone I've ever met. And he would be the primary guy I would ever encourage anyone to reach out to. Great, great. And what would be your top three recommendations to help men get results as fast as possible on Tinder? First off, you need to like everyone. I've seen guys where they go through and, well, first off, profile pics. Let's get those done. Let's get those looking sexy because, or not sexy. When, when I say sexy, I mean like making them look good, but I don't want guys to misinterpret that as showing a topless pic or them biting their nail or biting their finger or something. Like, I don't want you to actually look sexy. I want you to have sexy, attractive pictures. After that, you need to like every girl on, on Tinder because what guys do is they just waste too much time by trying to actually sort through the girls. So swipe right on every girl until you get through every single girl. And then if you don't like her, just don't message her. If you do like her, message her. But that's going to make the whole Tinder experience a lot quicker. What I've seen guys do is they'll sit there and they're having fun, which I don't blame them at first. At first, Tinder is a fun thing. You look through and you're like, no, I want her. No, I don't want her. And it's, and it's fun. 
But after a while, you're once you start experiencing significantly less matches or significantly less girls messaging you back than you're used to, then you start understanding while Tinder, there is tact to it. There is also a numbers element to it because of drop off rate and you having to be at her mercy in terms of when is she looking at her phone and how high up in the queue are you? So I always tell guys, match yourself with every girl, decide whether you like her or not afterwards, and then message the ones that you want to talk to. The third thing that I would tell guys is like, if they were to buy my book, it's got great examples in it. But the way I got good with Tinder is by not thinking too hard. Cause the harder I thought, the harder I tried to like, the harder I tried to think, oh shit, you know, what is she going to think about this? How do I set everything up? The more mistakes I made. So what I started doing is anytime I took more than 60 seconds to send a message, I would kind of slap myself in, in my head for a second. I would completely forget what I was talking about. And then I would relook at the message and then just send whatever was on my mind. And that started helping me get in the habit of not taking it too seriously. This is a fun app. And the quicker you can start developing that instinct rather than freaking out every single time, the quicker it'll start working for you. Great points, man. Very succinct. Well, Chris, thank you for being on the show. It's been great having you here. Right. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Angel. I appreciate it. Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait. Do it today. That's all it takes to change your life step-by-step, episode-by-episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at DatingSkillsReview.com. How we help men like you take control of their dating lives.